This is Marco Reus. This is Shinji Kagawa. This is Nuri Shahin. Hello, this is Jaden Sancho. And you're listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 353 of the Pod. I'm your host Stefan Butzko and today we will talk about Borussia Dortmund's 2020 and uh, we will also preview next year's game against VfL Wolfsburg and of course we will also briefly speak about uh, the uh, cup match against Eintracht Braunschweig which Dortmund won 2-0 and for all that and more joins me Matthias Suk. Hello Matthias, I hope you had happy holidays. What did you get? Uh, yeah, I had a very good uh, Christmas. I, I got a new coffee mug because with me, it's books, mugs and alcohol. You know, it's that just makes me happy at this point in my life. So no complaints there. How are you guys doing? Well, first I have to ask, do you have a license for your new weapon since your microphone is armed? <laughs> nice, nice. Well played. I thought I'm the dad here with the dad jokes. But, uh, you know, I guess I underestimated you, Stefan. Yes, no, I have an, uh, a mic stand and an, an arm and a new microphone. But those are kind of early birthday presents more than late Christmas presents. Also here, Lars Polman. Hello, Lars. What did you get from uh, Santa? Well, Santa doesn't exist, uh, <laughs> Stefan. Sorry, the Christkind, of Sorry course. To burst, sorry to burst your bubble. Neither does the Christkind. But I got more sleep than usual, which is fine. <laughs> Anywho, so um, Lars, since uh, you are obviously the happiest from uh, three, the three of us, uh, you can uh, now go ahead and uh, summarize the Borussia Dortmund 2020 for yourself, if you want, what uh, stood out, what didn't, etc. Um, I would say, all in all, a disappointing year. I think looking back on you know this time last year, because we are recording on the penultimate day of the year, I think if you told us uh, that Dortmund would finish 2020 without a trophy. I guess that would have been par for the course pretty much. But, you know, uh, instability at the coaching position out of the Champions League spots in the Bundesliga to finish off the year. Uh, and not a lot of, you know, great memories, I think. Uh, you know, obviously a few good games. The Erling Haaland experience, which started... I think on December 29th, 2019, officially uh, last season when they signed him, obviously been a very bright spot. But overall, I think I'm not being too pessimistic or, you know, too Debbie Downer if I say that this wasn't necessarily a seller year for Dortmund or indeed for, I guess, anyone with, you know, COVID and no fans in the stands and a lot of you know, off the field stuff that, that kind of makes enjoying football a bit more difficult even than it was enjoying Dortmund most of the year anyway. Yeah, if I think back about the year, I think the, the things that I will remember is obviously that Dortmund signed Erling Haaland and he likes scoring five goals in the first 57 minutes of his Dortmund career. Um, 
And obviously the uh, 8 million Jaden Sancho transfer rumors that we have to deal, had to deal with. And then uh, Michael Zorc announcing, what was it, August or so? I think so, because uh, me and my wife were in Cape Cod at the time. Uh, that uh, Sancho, oh yeah, by the way, he extended his contract to 2023, which was uh, great news at the time that he wouldn't uh, uh, be sold. And then obviously... Uh, Kind of, kind of funny almost uh, that <laughs> Jane Sancho didn't score too many goals after that um, in the uh, in in the next season. And obviously, um, I do remember the uh, the the Champions League tie uh, against PSG, the two one win, which was a very cool game. And so then obviously we had uh, the the second leg in Paris, which was the first without any uh, fans in the stands. So. Kind of memorable as well, and then obviously the entire hiatus. And I think when Dortmund came back in what was it May or so, then they select Schalke for nothing. And yeah, still a very weird season, Matthias. Um, Lars already talked about uh, where Dortmund are right now and uh, how things are a little uh, unsatisfying. Uh, how do you view? The uh, Borussia Dortmund year, uh, twenty twenty. I might actually add that that it's also the year where Marco Reus, you know, suffered a season-ending injury, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Uh, obviously, with with the global pandemic kind of over looming over everything, um, it, it just uh, it it just simply makes for a very, to say at least, very weird, um, chaotic year overall um obviously Erling Holland the hottest striker commodity in Europe deciding to join Borussia Dortmund was a huge win for the club um and was a highlight and you kind of expected well you know things things are going to look up and overall they weren't bad um they weren't great I, I'd say for Dortmund a Oh, you know, now looking where Dortmund sit now in the table, you would have to say a slightly below BFOB average calendar year. Um, but in, in, I still think about the last opportunity against PSG in the second leg of the Champions League. But again, that was right when all this COVID and no fans and everything was just weird kind of time frame. Um, I, I'm not saying Dortmund would have gone on and replaced PSG in the Champions League final to lose against Bayern. But uh, I, I feel like that was one of the biggest lost or missed opportunities. So, you know, and then Lucien Favre getting sacked obviously didn't add any any luster to the year, at least not for me. I mean, I know there's some people that are reveling in it and I just find that a little bit sad, but that's just my take on it. So yeah, overall kind of a, not a bad year, definitely not a great year. I'd say a slightly below average year for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. I think we can all agree with that. Um, Lars, quickly, what was your favorite 2020 Borussia Dortmund moment slash game? Oh, you know, I'm notoriously bad with those. So I'm, I I'll just remember 2020 as the year everybody realized Rafael Guerrero is the best non-Bayern player in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I think that's a very nice memory, actually. Uh, and a nice revelation also for Rafael Guerrero himself, I guess. Matthias, what's yours? I'd probably have to say the most memorable game. I mean, aside from Holland coming off the bench, I think it was against Augsburg and scoring a hat trick. That was kind of impressive. 
Um, but then, you know, the Parabon match, not just because of a complete team performance, but obviously because of the Black Lives Matters and um, the, I guess, I don't want to call it protests, but, you know, basically the activism around it uh, that I think were very, very important in the context of the world then and now and in future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my uh, moment of the year is obviously... Lars, what can we take away from this uh, cup game against uh, Eintracht Braunschweig? I guess the only notable takeaway for me at least is that uh, Tessic called up Stefan Tigges instead of uh, playing Marco Royce or someone else up front. So he sort of wanted to play a striker in the striker position instead of a midfielder. Um, anything else? Nope. All right. So Matthias... Uh, VfL Wolfsburg are obviously in fourth place and uh, an, immediately, an immediate chance for the Black and Yellows to regain that position. Um, Dortmund can hopefully count on the services of Arlen Haaland again and Yusuf Mokoku should also have overcome his knee problems. So um, after a little break, do you think that Dortmund will uh, turn around their form against Wolfsburg? Well, I think they can. Um, don't, I mean, Wolfsburg aren't necessarily known as being overly prolific in front of goal, but being extraordinarily solid defensively. Um, obviously, the last time they met, Dortmund won the match, but Dortmund were in better form at the time, higher level of confidence, and obviously had uh, Lucien Favre in charge instead of Edin Terzic. That's not to say anything anti-Terzic, but just the everything was more settled at that time. Uh, right now, a lot of things are a little bit up in the air. That being said, uh, having Holland back is going to be a huge win. Uh, clearly, not having a designated striker was a massive issue for Dortmund. When you look at off-the-ball movement, positioning, uh, getting out of cover shadows, stuff like that, stuff that Holland excels at that was just not there without him. Um, it, it adds a completely different dimension to it. Also, what Wolfsburg have to do defensively. That being said, of course, Valdvikost, uh, in my opinion, is an extraordinarily good striker who, outside of probably Bundesliga uh, circles, gets is honestly underrated. I think he's he's one of the best strikers in the Bundesliga, um, and as such, that does concern me. I think uh, Dortmund can get hurt by Wolfsburg if they're not on their A game. But this short break, uh, I believe, is extraordinarily beneficial. Yes, it was only, what, a week, 10 days or something like that. But it was very, very important for everybody to just kind of chill, let their bodies heal, even just a short period of time, it helps. And obviously, with the Christmas festivities in between, to just kind of, you know, turn your brain off a little bit, uh, be with your close family or whatever, um, and just refocus a little bit. And I think Dortmund needed that uh, more than uh, any other team in the top five or six. Yeah, Wolfgang uh, has scored nine goals this season, which is uh, almost half of their 20 league goals, which uh, makes their attack the, uh, I, I guess, t tied 10th best uh, together with Hertha and Freiburg. And uh, goals against is a little bit better for Wolfsburg. They have only conceded 13 so far uh, in as many match days, meaning uh, their defense is, I think, the third best in the league. Dortmund's... Uh, tight fourth best with Union Berlin <laughs> which uh, is not good enough for Dortmund 
si simply put. Um, Lars, what do you expect of this game? And do you think we will already see a little bit more of what Idin Tesic's idea is or not at all since uh, everyone has been probably been busy uh, celebrating Christmas, etc.? Well, unless I'm mistaken, they've not really had a single, uh, you know, tactics or whatever you want to call it, unit under Terzic still. Uh, I'm, I'm not convinced they have uh, done anything, <clears throat> sorry, uh, since the, the Christmas holidays. So I think that will come over time. I think uh, obviously they have a lot of games in 2021, but there's a bit more of a distance between most of them than there has been over the last few weeks or months with the late start in the Champions League and an English uh, week, as we say in Germany, basically uh, two months without end. So I would expect Terzic's idea to come through a bit, you know, later on in, in you know, early 2021. Uh, I think generally against Wolfsburg, uh, as Matthias said, the uh, small break should work in Dortmund's favor because they desperately needed one. I think that was painfully obvious in some of these matches, even under Terzic, where you did see a bit more uh, energy, at least in some of the players, I wouldn't say in all of them. Uh, so having you know, a couple of days off even and, and no fixture this weekend or the last weekend, I think that should uh, be beneficial to Dortmund. And I also think that uh, it kind of helps to have a bit of time away to really refocus and, you know, kind of look at where you are. I think Dortmund haven't been up to their standards basically uh, since lockdown ended in the Bundesliga at home, especially. I mean, I think they've uh, lost their last three home games in the Bundesliga. They lost three, I think, at the end of uh, last season. So that's more home defeats in 2020 uh, in the Bundesliga than Dortmund, you know, should have over a period of two or three years. So, you know, having time off to refocus and, and, and get your mindset back on where it needs to be for every game and not just the highlight games. Uh, I think that should be uh, a positive for Dortmund, but I do think Wolfsburg are uh, a, different, a difficult opponent. Uh, as you guys said, they are extremely solid defensively. I think they have, outside of Bayern, the best fullbacks in the league with uh, the likes of uh, Riedle Baku, for example, on the right side. So I think this is going to be another tough nut to crack, but one that Dortmund, if they are serious, and obviously they need to be serious about it, um, are serious about you know making the Champions League this season, which is uh, paramount because of you know COVID restrictions financially. Uh, then this is the kind of home game against presumably a direct opponent that they need to win. Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, they have to win this game. It's it's an absolute must-win game. I think um, Dortmund are. Uh, I I think the the numbers will probably be corrected again, but uh, the delays. I think Vatsky said is that Dortmund will probably lo lose about seventy million and uh, 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 probably more than that, um, just due to uh, COVID. So um, that's obviously a big chunk of money. And uh, if Dortmund then also lose out on uh, the Champions League money, uh, it's it's going to be a very difficult summer uh, where they will have to I don't know correct for for that in a way that they probably need to let go of some players that they otherwise wouldn't like to let go of so a lot of things are at stake for Dortmund in this season I would say 
So um, yeah, the program right now is, I think, don't they play uh, Wolfsburg, Leipzig, Mainz and then uh, have a double header with Leverkusen and Gladbach or something like that? Um, so in the Bundesliga Dortmund's uh, next weeks will be the weeks of truth, as they always like to say in Germany, die Wochen der Wahrheit. So uh, I'm uh, I'm really interested how Dortmund will fare, especially since I don't expect Wolfsburg and the uh, other teams, except for Mainz, obviously, uh, to just sit back and, and try to hit Dortmund on the counterattack. So maybe the afforded extra space uh, helps Dortmund. Uh, usually Dortmund perform better against teams that uh, want to uh, participate in a football game than uh, teams that do not, um, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this game, but... Uh, I'm also not picking Dortmund as towering favorites and uh, thinking they will win because, as you said, uh, Wolfsburg are tough not to crack. Um, Matthias, any uh, wishes for the lineup? Obviously, Haaland will be back, and uh, I think it's 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 not a big surprise that it's a massive boost when the I guess second best striker in the world returns to your team. Well, I mean, aside from the obvious in Holland, like you just described, um, you know, I mean, if this would have been, if there wouldn't have been a break and it just would have kept on going, I said, okay, you know, Sancho needs a rest, Guerrero needs a rest, Reyna needs a rest. Well, everyone's had their rest now. And I'd kind of like to see where everyone's head is. And so, uh, you know, starting with a Sancho in a Reyna um, or Sancho and Royce, I'd honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing what Brandt can do. One of the key things, though, against Wolfsburg is there needs to be somebody centrally, be it in the number 10 spot or in the double pivot, that is actually able, able, yeah, that's almost like capable and able in the new word, able to play a creative defense unlocking pass. So that would be my big hope and wish there that it goes beyond just having static players, but actually having a more dynamic playmaker in there, be that a Brandt in a deeper deeper position, which I think will help him, or a Mahmoud Dahoud, but somebody like that. We can't just put out another team that is, you know, Bellingham and Witzel with Royce in the number 10, because then you just don't have any type of creativity when it comes to playing a pass. And knowing how strong Wolfsburg are defensively, you desperately need that. So my wish is Brandt and or Dahut to be in that starting lineup, either in the number 10 or in the double pivot. Your thoughts, Lars? Uh, honestly, I'm kind of thinking, you know, just play whoever you think is in the best shape plus mindset for this game. I think as we have established, uh, the margin of error for Dortmund is pretty slim at this point in the season. I mean, uh, if Wolfsburg beat them at home, you are looking or definitely looking at an uphill climb for, you know, Champions League football next season. So, you know, it makes not too much sense from my perspective to, you know, have preconceived notions over who in theory should be best suited to uh, face Wolfsburg when in reality, uh, you know, Dortmund have enough players regardless of, you know, a couple of personnel decisions to unlock Wolfsburg's defense and beat them at home. So just go with whoever, uh, you know, makes the most sense in terms of, you know, freshness, energy levels, both physically and mentally. I think that's kind of 
the way to go uh, for the entirety of 2021, which is like a long sprint, not even a marathon because you don't have breaks anywhere. I mean, more breaks, obviously, than in the first half of the season, but it's also more games. So uh, I think basically I would appreciated if uh, Edin Terzic kind of went away from having like, as I said, preconceived notions or, you know, Marco Reus as the captain has to play when he's healthy or whatever. I think the only two guys that need to be playing all the time or three guys actually that need to be playing all the time are Mats Hummels, Rafael Guerrero and Erling Haaland because you have uh, no one else in those positions. Uh, everyone else should be, you know, up for discussion debate and you know as i said levels of freshness both physically and mentally yeah uh, i really do hope that uh, in 2021 we will see more of dan axel zagadou you know i could uh, even envision a back three with akanji hummels and zagadou at times i you know and then have i don't know put guerrero on the left as a wing back and uh, let's put hazard on the right <laughs> uh, if you want to go a bit more attacking wise that's uh, that's a lineup i could uh, actually see happening but uh, yeah pro probably not going to happen uh, what is kind of crazy since this is a sunday kickoff i think it's uh, the earlier kickoff in, in, in sunday that means that uh, union berlin could actually leapfrog dortmund uh, before Dortmund actually kick off because Berlin play away to Werder Bremen and uh, are obviously um, only one point behind Dortmund. And since uh, Union Berlin have a better goal difference right now with plus nine than Dortmund's plus eight, that means a draw will suffice for Union Berlin to be actually ahead of Dortmund. So um, kind of puts this a little bit into perspective uh, for the black and yellows and uh, hopefully lights a little fire under their butts. Um, yeah, otherwise, I don't really have that much to add because VfL Wolfsburg are a team that's obviously very physical, uh, have a lot of good technical players. Um, I would say they are usually very central. I mean, uh, you just mentioned their, their fullbacks, but I, I always feel like Wolfsburg do play a lot through the middle these days, which uh, is, is a bit of a... Uh, opposite to to what they used to do where it was just a million crosses every game but i right now i feel like uh every time i watch voice book they're trying to combine through the middle and it sort of breaks down um and while vikwast is a good striker um yeah i don't know if if dortmund need to be too scared of uh, renato steffen or brekalo or so in in general obviously i i just jinx it but uh yeah uh what what also is notable that i I think they have a really good uh, goalkeeper in Cohen Castells. Um, I think he has been pretty solid throughout uh, the uh, last two seasons or so. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting because how do Dortmund really do fix their home record, um, Matthias, considering the uh, yellow wall is empty? There are no fans in the stands for the foreseeable future. It's probably likelier that uh, football gets cancelled rather than fans returning, even if uh, vaccine distribution is ramping up these days. So, Matthias, um, you obviously cannot make up for the lack of fans. So how do you think this team can uh, somehow re-establish their home form, or can they just not? I mean, honestly, I think home form, away form is really... It, it almost doesn't matter right now for the reasons that you you mentioned. Uh, it plays into the hands of some teams and against others. Obviously, for Dalton, home home field advantage is a huge, huge deal. Um, 
and that is completely gone. And as such, uh, I think it, it it shouldn't be used as either a crutch or an excuse in that sense. I think Dortmund just have to focus on playing better. The advantage that they have is obviously they don't have to travel. I mean, Wolfsburg's not that far away, granted, but still it's a few hours more that you don't have to worry about traveling to or from a, a location. So I would hope that that is an advantage in and to itself, psychologically and physically. So um, what they have to do, I mean, Stefan, it's pretty simple. You just have to play better, uh, <laughs> more consistently and better. I mean, with fans in the stadium or not within the stadium, everybody is at the same advantage or disadvantage right now. I mean, it's it's the complete leveling of the playing field. It doesn't matter if you are in Freiburg or you in Dortmund or you in München the same amount of fans are in every single stadium. So there is no advantage aside from travel and maybe pitch condition. Pitch condition is not an issue in Dortmund. Travel is not an issue in Dortmund for Borussia Dortmund, obviously. So they have no excuses. They simply have to play better for the course of an entire 90 minutes. And and that's all I want to see. Yeah. I want to see the same, but for the course of an entire freaking year. So, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, guys. baby steps. I yeah. mean, I mean, just just one one step at a time. If we can get a game, and then a series of games, and then we can get a month, sure. But right now, I'll I'll settle for ninety minutes. Fair enough. So since I've pretty much mentally checked out, Lars, uh, if you have any final thoughts on this game, uh, be my guest. Otherwise, you can also just move on to predictions. Well, quickly to your last question, I think uh, they have to hope that. Not having a settled coaching situation and, you know, generally an unsettled future for a lot of players lights, uh, as you said, fire under their butts. And, you know, I want to see more intrinsic motivation from a lot of these players, but particularly the uber-talented, you know, Brands and even Sancho's. I mean, Sancho kind of gets a bad rep, I think, for the, the season he's having because he's at least trying to instigate stuff, even if it doesn't come off a lot. But, you know, obviously people know of my love for Julian Brandt, but at the moment, I mean, he's he looks like a Schluckwasser in the Kurve, as we would say in Germany. <laughs> so I think... A swig of having, water in the, in, the, in the corner, if that makes sense for anyone in the bend it won't it, it <laughs> won't but fair enough uh yeah i, I just want to see more as i said intrinsic motivation i think i think some of these players should feel like and act like uh this could be their last chance at this level which obviously it isn't for most of these guys because they're so talented but still i think that would be the right mindset for you know a turnaround job which is kind of what Dortmund need in the second half of the season even though it's uh, not even halftime in the Bundesliga and it's not like an insurmountable lead they have to cut into uh, to get back into the top four but still it's it's a bit of a turnaround and you only achieve that with the right mindset I think and as for a prediction because I haven't seen it so far under Terzic uh, and Wolfsburg are pretty solid I'm going for a one-all draw all right, which wouldn't be a bad result considering Dortmund at it least. It would be, Stefan. It, it would be. At home, first game of the season, set the tone. If you don't win, that's a bad result. Well, you're right in that part, but the Lucien Favre in me says you you wouldn't lose ground. So, um, No, you are obviously right uh, in, in terms of narrative and uh, looking at the uh, upcoming games. I mean, uh, playing Leipzig and Leverkusen won't be much easier. And uh, obviously Dortmund uh, did struggle against Gladbach. 
uh, not result-wise, but uh, performance-wise uh, in, in recent matches as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, Matthias, uh, what's what's your approach to this game and your prediction? Well, um, my prediction is what it has to be. It has to be a win, uh, because as Lars said, anything but a win is a failure, and I completely agree with that. So it has to be a 2-1 victory, and that is the result that I will force upon them through the sheer power of my mind. <laughs> yeah, so basically you're saying the intrinsic motivation will come from you externally. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually I'm actually a bit more... Uh, optimistic here i'm uh, predicting a 3-1 dortmund win uh, because uh, the uh, dortmund's backs against the wall narrative is out there a little bit which sometimes does help to rally the troops and obviously uh having a fully fit arling Haaland does make a difference and so um i uh, i guess it's a hopeful prediction but uh, a 3-1 dortmund win against this Wolfsburg is also not completely uh, something that we can rule out so uh, i'm going for this and so in the meantime, Matthias, how can people follow you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Matthias Uck. Very well, Lars. You can find me at Lars Polman. And you can follow me at Stefan Butzko on Twitter. And you can follow all of us at Yellow Wall Pod on Twitter and Facebook. I would also appreciate if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, which you can also find if you just type Yellow Wall Pod into YouTube and otherwise subscribe to the show to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And obviously, uh, since this is the last show of the year, I want to thank all of our patrons for your support. It really does mean a lot to us and obviously everyone else for listening. And uh, I'm hoping 2021 will be better, will show a little bit more silverware than 2020. And uh, other than that, uh, since we're already going to be back next week, I wish everyone a happy new year and uh, stay safe. Good. Bye.